hit me with your panther punch recipes. So, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, your panther punch recipe questions. So it's lemonade instead of Sprite. Yes, I, I, I 10 year old Laurel got it wrong. What can I say? And it's four cans of water and I'm assuming that you use the 12 ounce cans yes. that the frozen lemonade was in. Yes. I'm still not seeing how, <laughs> <'Cause>, <coughs> excuse me, because it feels like lemon, strawberry lemonade's good, and you kind of get like a strawberries and cream thing, like with big red and strawberries, but I don't know that the Venn diagram of those two <laughs> things makes for a delicious punch. I'm... <laughs> I will say reading it, I'm more likely to try it now than I would have previously. So here's the thing is the frozen lemonade, as I recall, is pretty sour. It is mm -hmm. not like, it's not like the raspberry lemonade you get at Olive Garden, which don't get me wrong, is a delight, but it's not that sweet. It's it's that like pucker kind of lemonade where you right. like, you know, you really are like, ooh, that's like lemony. And so the water helps dilute it. I don't right. at all recall these frozen strawberries being in it perhaps i got to the punch bowl too late and people had already scooped those out but like i don't Maybe. recall those at all the thing that got me was make ice cubes out of big red don't don't tell me what to do I, well i was also <laughs> like does big red freeze into ice cubes like i, like, I truly don't know because you know, some things I mean, like I, don't really freeze into like good ice cubes well i figure I mean, you, 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 you could freeze like soda, but then the can explodes. But I figure if you pour it all out, the carbonation will come out as the freezing is happening. I guess I just think of like, that it's just like slushy and not like an Probably. ice cube. So I mean, I, all of this is just going to get melty and weird anyway. So. Yes. Um, I would have liked it better if it was freeze strawberries in ice cubes. I think that would have been... A, a real delight but um also question if you're using frozen strawberries maybe you don't need to make ice cubes and you're are well i mean part of the reason you probably they want ice cubes out of big red is because you're already using four cans of water and that's diluting it quite a bit so yes um also i mean i should perhaps say this and maybe i have to give back my panther cheerleading uniform but like i hate big red so I don't like it much either. To me, it tastes like bubblegum. Like bubblegum was like, what if I were a soda? And it's big red. <laughs> so um, yeah, but I, that being said, I feel like I did enjoy uh, a nice scoop of Panther Punch frequently. I'm one of those people that I get really excited when big red is served at a restaurant, but I'll never order it. Like it's like, if it's the kind of barbecue joint that serves big red, I'm yes. like, oh, I'm going to like the food here. But I'm never like, I want that big red. Yes. Do, do you, have you been to, been to places where the soda fountain is one of those very like new AG tech ones where it's the screen and you like pick? Yeah. Okay. That's where I feel like I see big red nowadays. This big red is like one of those options. That's also on um, Royal Caribbean cruises. That is the soda dispenser everywhere on the cruise ship. And <coughs> it is a real treat. I love those because they usually have more than Diet Coke, Diet flavors. Oh, yeah. And no, And they, they have syrups, too. They usually have syrups you could add in. And... Mm -hmm. and But with Big Red, I feel like it's either the newest technology soda dispenser or the oldest technologies. Yes. Like, there's no <laughs> in-between. It's either yes. we've had this same dispenser since we opened or we just got this. And I... I think they're called freestyles, by the way, if they're the Coke ones. Okay, yes, yes. I feel like 
The probability of there also being an RC Cola dispenser next to a big red is very high. And if there is RC Cola, everyone get out of the way because I am getting myself some RC Cola. I don't know if I could tell you like the difference between a regular cola and a RC Cola. I just, well, is there a diet RC Cola? I, I don't I don't honestly know if there is. I would yeah. say I've not seen it very often. It's kind of like diet root beer. You don't see it that often. Um, it exists, but I don't know if there's a diet RC Cola. RC Cola is to me is just it's kind of like an offshoot of Coke in, in in terms of flavor. But man, I mean I can picture the can right now. Oh, good times with that <laughs> RC Cola. Pop quiz: What does RC stand for? Royal Crown. Good job. Is that right? Yeah, I didn't excited. I, I didn't see that, that coming. That like, if my head was a bar in which bar trivia was happening, that was a table all the way in the back that I didn't know was playing just screamed Royal crap. <laughs> that is, yeah, that is fair. Or you're the person who like showed up for the drink specials and then just happens to be like Royal crown. That's like, yeah. <laughs> um, I, since I, I feel like I promised this on our Twitter account, how, how was the, how was that winter storm for, for y'all? Um, I don't mean so to chuckle what, and make light of it because it is the trauma from that is going to last for a long time. So one of the reasons uh, I was a little late, I, I asked to push back just a little bit, is because we were watching a, an, a a cult show and I didn't remember to make dinner until I was like, oh, I need to eat before I do this podcast. Because during the thing, we got like like whenever this the thing the. I'm usually make fun of Tara for all like the true crime she she watches, but whenever the the electricity was on here, I was like, let's watch something true crime. I don't know, like I don't know why I wanted to watch that, but I was just like, she likes this, and I'm gonna lean into it. Mm -hmm. So we watched uh, the Night Stalker, we watched the Cecil Hotel, we watched the Vow, the Heaven's Gate one, and now we're watching the Scientology. Uh, show we got like we weirdly got into cult stuff. I don't know why. But that's what we ended up being our like snowvid uh, entertainment. Oh, that is, that that is interesting. Maybe because you know you often feel like you're trapped in a cult, and y'all felt trapped by the winter weather. Maybe have you seen the vow? No, that, that's about Nexium, right? Nick Nexium, yes. whatever. Yeah, N it not the heartburn really medicine, good... everybody. Not the heartburn yeah. medicine. <laughs> so it does a really good job of. Like, one of the things that people making it, like, they were all in Nexium, the, the four mm -hmm. people who are kind of there, you're following. Um, and one of the things they really wanted to do was, in, like, really get out there, like, we're not crazy people, like, this could happen to anybody. And they mm -hmm. do a really good job of that, of, like, the first episode is all, like, here are all the, like, here's the, 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 the things they offered and what we got into and this, and they do such a good job of like, you know, you know that this is such a country saying, but like that saying of like, you can, if you put a frog in, wa in, in boiling water, they'll jump out. But if you put it in water and like, and slowly then, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. That's what it feels like. Cause like when we watched the first episode, Tara and I were like, they like all the like self-help stuff was like $5,000 to do. And like, that was the one reason Tara and I wouldn't do it. Cause we're like $5,000 is a lot. Yeah. But, like everything else we're like, this sounds really good. And then by the end we're like, these people are nuts. These people are manipulative. <laughs> like, you know, like, and it was just like, that was their big thing. I think getting into it was we want to show that like 
it we're just people and like maybe we were like looking for something but like we weren't we're not a bunch of moonies yeah like out here you know it, it's funny that you say that because years ago i i mark things in terms of years in dc about what apartment i lived in so it was my first apartment so it was before 2016 my old roommate and i watched going clear the scientology documentary mm-hmm. and i thought the same thing in that at the early stages of Scientology, yeah, you're like, I mean, let's see, like you're you're depressed, you're anxious, you're you're trying to overcome some addiction, any like myriad yeah. of issues that everyday people deal with. Like Scientology is like, hey, we can help with that, and it, it doesn't sound crazy at first. It's not super mm-hmm. expensive at first. They, it is like monthly payments and stuff, but like, yeah, it's stuff where I'm like, I 100% see how they get people in the door. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I don't necessarily see how people make it to like you know level nine or whatever when they tell you that you know you have an alien inside you but like I, i'm like i totally see how people get in the door i think you should watch if you've got hbo max the vow simply because it'd be interesting to see your perspective from a sorority because i think there's a lot of stuff that's like they're looking for sisterhood and they're looking mm-hmm. for like women Acceptance empowerment. And community yeah yeah and and even then when they start doing the like stuff that ends up becoming the the sex cult where they're branding people and stuff like it's not like they went hey we're going to brand you and make you part of a of a sex slave cult like they don't just say that but like the stuff like it's the woman who like got branded and then like a month later she's like out of it like she didn't like it was kind of like hey we're all gonna do the sisterhood thing and we're all gonna get the same tattoo and it's like oh that's cool and like you know, it, it, we're going to do this thing where, like, I tell you what to do, and it's kind of this master they say They call it master-slave relationship. But everything they're doing feels like some hardcore, like, uh, fraternity or sorority stuff. And not even mm-hmm. that hardcore. It was just, like, it started off, and it's like, hey, you need to, like, watch how many calories you... And it, like, builds to that thing. And then she's in there, and they're like, all right, we're going to give you this brand. And she's like, wait, you're going to do what? And yeah. it's like, at that point, like, there's all these women who are doing it, and it's like, they're telling her, like you're in, you're the top seller and you need to like show them how to do this with that. And so she it's, it's, I would love to hear it from like a, cause, cause I feel like when people do, there are, there are good things out of like Greek life that, that utilize these same tools to be empowering and this, this, and this. And then this is like, it's not like, it's just like, it would be easy to just go, Hey, we want to brand you. And like everyone went, okay. And it's like, those people are crazy. It's like, I could see these steps up to that. And every part of the way when we were doing stuff like that in our fraternity, we never took the dark turn into what it could be. I, I, I think that, I think that's, you've hit the nail on the head of that. So much of, there's not that much difference about building community and fostering a sense of like sisterhood in a sorority and a cult. It's just that sororities, as far as I know, don't take that dark turn. Well, I'm sure some, you know, it's it, to say that they don't like, there are probably awful chapters of, of either of our organizations. Oh, yeah. There. Maybe not that bad. But, like, the other thing they did is they did a whole thing in, like, Boy Scouts is a whole other issue. But they do a whole thing where they stole this from the Boy Scouts where they had, like, l- levels. And you wore this, like, scarf that, like, in- in- indicated what level you were at in the regular organization. And, and everyone was like, this is so stupid. But then it became this thing like a, like a black belt or something mm-hmm. in karate where it's like, oh, i got to get my whatever sash to mean I'm a proctor and then i'm a senior proctor and i'm a this this and this so i just as someone who's been in an organization with that 
I think the 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 untrained eye would see similarities in, and I'm not like I think you'd find it interesting because I found it interesting as a fraternity member, as a former Boy Scout. Well, yeah, and I, I should say it's something that's on my to watch list on HBO Max. I just mm-hmm. haven't gotten around to it. Um, but um, um, I'm I'm glad that y'all filled your time during the during <laughs> Snowvid 21 with. Uh, learning about cults. I being without power for 60 hours straight read two books, one of which I called my day book, which I read by daylight because it was a physical book. So I would sit by my window and read it. And then another book that was on my iPad, that was my night book that I would read as soon as the sun went down. The the portrait you've painted is so charming of like, to me, it's like in the the early 1800s and you're like by the door, like, like looking out, like into like almost like a breakfast nook outside like oh what a footage oh it's getting dark time for my night book and it's like a I, candle with like a like a little you know like yes like that ebenezer scrooge ad you, you joke but like as soon as the sun went down i was like no point in still being awake <laughs> like it's silent and uh, there's and i have no light and so i am going to just start my bedtime routine i was in bed Definitely before 8 p.m. every night I didn't have power, um, like in bed. Also because it was the warmest in my bed. So we the, the day we didn't have it, like we just stayed in that bed, me, Tara and uh, and Lady. And it was I mean, our house is a little is kind of drafty. The upstairs and downstairs have very different. <laughs> I'm going to say climates. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I did the same thing. I burned through three books, I think. Um probably like they were pretty short books but i was i was just like i don't have anything to do these days and when the power went on we were trying to conserve it so Mm -hmm. that you know yeah i was lucky enough that my job was like don't work these days so i didn't have two computers on so yeah we we watch that stuff at night usually like once things were rolling but like during the day i was like i'll just read and hang out so yeah no i I, I, it's funny because people were like, oh, it's too bad you didn't get hour back for like, or power back for like an hour or two because some friends got it back for like two hours. Then we got again. I was like, honestly, I think it would have broken my spirit more if I had gotten it back and then it would have gone, it would have gone out again. Um, cause w- when it came back, I was like, you don't know how long you have it for. And so I like charged everything immediately, made myself a huge pot of coffee and then was like, and, and now we wait for it to go out again and it never went out again. So when they started doing that, they were on, they were really good around here about, we figured out it was 90 minutes off three hours on so and see, it was pretty regular. So that that way, like I, we started going, okay, it's going to go off now anytime soon. So, you know, whatever. Yeah. Comes, so it's funny. Cause in Austin, as far as I know, I don't know if we have the same power company. Do you have Austin Energy or do you have Pedernales or Blue Bonnet or? I think we have PEC. That's Pedernales. We might have Pedernales, yeah. yeah. Um, Austin Energy just didn't do rolling blackouts because they like they just couldn't. Mm-hmm. They couldn't take one grid completely down and then have enough power to power it back up. So like it was more like if your power went out, you know, that just meant it was out again. <laughs> I did see this awesome tweet that was like pointing out how that energy costs over the last few years in Texas have gone up so much. And someone pointed out like literally the one thing of deregulate deregulating energy that it was supposed to do didn't even work. Like, Mm -hmm. so uh, I have no segue whatsoever. Like (laughs) speaking of energy, here's some energy in our introduction. Like, I don't know. No, that was, that was terrible. (laughs) Well, I'm just going to say, thank goodness our power's back. So we could watch some episodes of Frasier. Yep. Hi. Hello. Hi. Hi. 
Hello, Seattle. I'm Ryan. I'm Laurel. And we're the Craniacs. We get together and we talk about how cold it was last week, but we also talk about Frasier. Like, uh, we've accurately the... talked about how cold it was last week. We had a so... 70 degree swing. Yeah. Yeah, that's the craziest part is how it looks like a whole different place. Yes. A whole different world today. I'm sorry, I interrupted week. your intro. I'll let you continue. Oh, L- Laurel's watched Frasier a lot and <laughs> I am new to it. So there we go. Um, today we are looking at season seven, episode 13. Uh, they're playing our song. And all the on air personalities have writing. Wait. All the on air personalities are writing jingles to introduce their shows. Frasier typically overdoes, overdoes when crafting his. Like, that's the simplest introduction, but it's pretty, like, solid of what I think what happens. Yes, although the grammar needs some work, but that's neither here nor there. Frasier typically overdoes when crafting his. That makes no sense. Overdoes it when crafting his? Typically is not really the right word to use then. You would say, like... Frasier as in, usual. Yes, Frasier as uh, per usual, as usual in typical fashion. Typical for Frasier, he overdoes it. No, that's not even a very good. I've been doing a lot of wordsmithing this week at work, so my brain is both <laughs> highly attuned to this, but also mush at this point. Mm-hmm. So, how'd you like this one? Um, so I remember this one fondly. In rewatching mm-hmm. it, I so I actually thought both of these episodes were a little long. Like, when they would go to another scene, I would be like, really? Yeah, it's funny because I thought these ones were pretty middle of the road. Um, but they did, like, after some pretty great episodes, I think we've had this season, they did mm-hmm. come off okay. I, I did get some good chuckles out of Frasier. <laughs> it's Frasier's theme song. When they actually played it, I was like, oh, my God. I was really... But it was like, it's funny because everyone else was like, oh, this, the, the way everyone else was listening to it as if it was just nails on a chalkboard and it didn't feel like that to me. Like I would, I would have just been, if I was in that room, just guffawing and ruining the take because it was just so much. Yes. I, I, I agree with you. And I'm like, this is a fantastic song. It's a terrible opener for a show and a, and a jingle, but like. It sounded like, and part of it is. You know, we've been uh, looking a lot at Howard Ashman uh, for the other podcasts for like Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast. But it felt like like it felt like a Disney musical song, like if mm-hmm. they were like introducing like a character who was a psychiatrist. That's yeah. It was so over the top insane. It felt like Be Our Guest, where it's like here are all the different or, or Under the Sea, where it's like here's a bunch yes. of different instruments where you're going like. This sounds like this. This sounds like this. Like like everyone gets a little cameo and then stops. Well, and this is a Every sign instrument, that, I mean. that perhaps I've listened to too many like behind the scenes podcasts of different things. But the whole time I was like, how long did it take to film this scene of the songs? They kept cutting to all the different instruments and everything. And I was like, all yeah. of like everything has to come together at the right time. And I I just the <laughs> for some reason my favorite part about the whole thing was afterwards when Niles is just like the trombone scared me yes like, I yes don't know I wrote that down so... I wrote it down the trombone frightened me yes so, <gasps> oh, so oh silly gosh. also when this episode started I went as, as it first began I was like doesn't Martin write one and I hit pause and I sang to myself I was like I'm listening feeling blue Ryan I remembered every word of Martin's jingle <laughs> which was the whole point the whole like 
lesson to be learned. I I mean, I last saw this episode easily 15 or 20 years ago, but I was like, feeling blue, I'm listening. Feeling bad, feeling sad, feeling bad, feeling glad I'm listening. Like, I was thinking the whole thing. I was like, oh my God, you, why? Why do you remember these things? Well, what you were saying about this one feeling long too, it's weird that it felt long, but also just ended abruptly. Yes. Like, they kind of just play it and I'm like, like a lot of, sometimes I think, Frasier episodes like like even ones that are just silly like this one had one storyline it was mm-hmm. like writing the thing mm-hmm. right now mm-hmm. they and every other little b plot was about the the writing of the song so when they ended the song thing i was waiting for oh now we're gonna end the plot where niles like discovered some ancient silverware i don't know something like some like he, he, I, in my head, it's, you know, something weird, like, also happening. I was just like, oh, no, this was all this episode was, mm-hmm. was just the song. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, there, I liked all the little bits. I liked Niles reading the, the, like, the, the dramatic reading in the middle of it. I liked, uh, Roz's boyfriend, who that came up at the end, where even in the original one, she hits the, he hits the triangle, yes. and, like, the final one. I liked this the 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 one the 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 song they ended up with. I thought was clever and it was Frasier's, so that was nice. Yeah, I okay. So here's a question because I I wrote this down and then I was like, am I losing my mind? Have they done this before in an episode where Frasier had to write a song, and it was for his aunt's funeral? Am I making? I know there's the episode where he like sang a song at his aunt's funeral, or no, he had to give I, a eulogy. He had to give a eulogy, and his aunt eulogy. was really mean. Okay, and then he ended up just queuing up the choir to sing. Groovy Lady. That was what it was. Martin wrote a song for Frank Sinatra yeah, to sing. Groovy Lady. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Whew. She's such a groovy lady. She makes my heart go hidey haiti. Yeah. Yeah. That song. Okay. I'm glad I just answered my own question. But I was like, this <laughs> happened before. We got there. Um, we did. Um, spe- speaking of Roz for a second, uh, I noted at the very beginning that Roz looked fantastic. The sweater she was wearing was such a good color for her. Her hair looked great. I just, I, I know I've said this like every other episode, but they've just done such a good job of dressing Perry Gilpin in such a believable way for her character. Like she's a mom. So she's like covered up, but she is still in clothing that shows that she's an attractive woman. And I'm mm-hmm. just like, costumers you finally figured it out also i think it's because styles changed and the 90s were not kind to career women but speaking of perry gilpin's attractiveness i sent you that text we've been watching modern family and she shows up as a prostitute who accident who kind of like accidentally gets hired by phil's dad do you remember this episode at so, all no but th- that reminds me or that's a segue in that i've been re-watching modern family now and i'm in season three and i thought i watched a lot more of the show apparently than i did because i'm in a spate of episodes <laughs> where i'm like i remember none of this so anyway but there's it was just funny because a the reaction i had to it being Roz was like i was like Roz because the whole <laughs> the whole bit is he met a woman he thought they were just hooking up and then like she found out she's a prostitute and then she comes upstairs and that's the first time you see her and i'm like it's like losing it but she looks great i mean she was in kind of like i mean they were dressing her to be kind of like post post coital and also someone who looks like they could be a prostitute mm-hmm. but also she, they think it's a family therapist that's what they convince claire is because that's modern family yeah anyway i was just excited i was excited to see her i was excited i was like man she's really good good for you perry gilpin 
Yeah. I mean, talk about somebody who probably never has to work again, given the syndication earnings on Frasier. Yeah, so, um, I mean, Perry Gilpin, or as I just call her Perry, my good friend on Instagram. So, um, do you, do you think this is the most, this is Frasier at his most pretentious, like at his most, just like, I, I, when he was up there conducting and being and talking about the music and, and talking down to the choir when they came in, like to me, it was just peak Frazier, like being a pompous ass. And I, I could not think of like a, a, a time when it happened for that long and that just maintained that efficiency. I mean, you know, I, not... I'm, I'm inclined to think of two VIEs actually that where I would say Frazier is also peak Frazier, but the, this might, in terms of, number of minutes this might take one ham radio um mm. when he's you know telling like the the actor how to you know do all of his different accents and then also in the happy brothers when he and niles start the restaurant but i feel like in both of those like there's a huge comeuppance and there isn't that here and those it's like then he learns his lesson because the the restaurant is so taxing and the uh he think everything's going wrong with the the hand the, the the radio show in this one Every minute it's happening, he thinks it's so he's so pleased with himself. Yeah, no, that's a good thing. point. Yeah. And that's I think true. everybody else Yeah, everybody else is like that's everybody else realizes and he kind of realizes it, but there's no like obvious downfall of him being that and it's yeah it's because just... because he's created an amazing song it's just not what they want for it's his not show. A jingle. Yeah. No, no. Um I also feel like when he said, I'm going to pay for whatever this is over the budget out of my pocket. Like if I was a station manager, my immediate thought would be, I'm paying you way too much because like, I feel like the budget might be like a good, a bass and a, like a little jazz trio at most playing in the background. And this oh, is like 30 yeah. people. Yeah. This is a symphony. This is an orchestra in that choir. Yeah. yeah. And although he's like, and on a weekend. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I wrote down that when, when Gil comes in to talk about his song um, and he, you know, sang his song, I was like, I like Gil's song. Yeah, it was pretty clever. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm, I'm fine with it. Um, Gil also had one of my favorites, um, one of my LOLs, when he talked about the uh, the restaurant that he was telling everybody to go to before he, you know, reviewed it. And he mm-hmm. had said the Oso Buco was so good. He called it the Veal Shank Redemption. I cackled. I just cackled. <laughs> oh, that was good. I'm actually attempting to make an asabuco if I can get the tail this weekend. <laughs> but it's not veal. It's just beef tail. So good story, um, Ryan. Um, that, yeah, fan, fan, fantastic story. I'm going to be telling that one for a while. Um, all right. When I say it, it's kind of <laughs> nice and like, oh, okay. He's, sell- he's realizing when you do it, it's just mean. Um, I feel like I don't do it that often, though. I could do I could do it a lot more. <laughs> I'm just saying, right then it was real. I was like, I was like, oh, good story. And you're like, yeah, real good story. Did you get the movie rights to that story? Because it's gonna be a blockbuster. And then like, stab, twist, stab. Wow. <laughs> Did I mention that um, we're all still suffering from a little bit of trauma from the winter storm? <laughs> um, what? What was I gonna say? I like the face that Gil made when Frazier shot down his theme song and he kind of like left in a huff. I agreed with Gil, but I also thought it was kind of funny. Yes. I, uh, yeah, I, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that. yes, that happened. <laughs> yes, that happened. I'm acknowledging. I just, I just, 
I don't know why it got a vocal chuckle out of me. Um, do you have any LOLs on this one? Or well, we, we've kind of gone through them. The trombone frightened me, and I didn't the know ve- there any other ones. And the veal shank redemption. So um, yeah, those were those were my the two that I wrote down, and and that also I was amazed that I still knew the words to Martin's jingle. Um, so what would you rate this one? You know, I think I would give this one like six trombones. I was going to say five or six. I I feel like sometimes I was thinking about this today that sometimes I rate the episode and sometimes I rate the experience of like talking to you about the episode where I was like watching the episode. I was like, it was a five. But after talking with you about it, I'm like, oh, it's six. It's six. And I would rate it six timpanies. Yes. And then Tiffany. No, I said Tiffany. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we, this is usually where sometimes we talk about some uh, 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 viewer mail. But right now, we've got a pretty big subject to, to take on here, Laurel. And that's that uh, Peacock Peacock Plus? Peacock pa- Premium. Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus. Get your streaming services straight. 900 streaming services. Uh, Paramount Plus is... Has, also, can I say uh, Paramount Plus, a station no one asked for? No one was like, you know what I need is another streaming service to to further like split up the where I find some of my beloved shows. Well, it's funny because I that's part of the reason I think it's Peacock Plus is because I think or Peacock Premium or whatever the hell it's called um, is that's the one that has like The Office and a bunch of other sitcoms. So I just assumed in my brain that's the sitcom one. Well, so and, and, and you probably think that because the Peacock has you know, the office and parks and rec, like you said, and those are NBC. I mean, that's NBC streaming app and those are NBC shows. Yes. So as is Frasier and, you know, as is cheers and everything, but apparently Frasier and cheers were never on Peacock and are now going to be on Paramount. Plus again, no I, one asked for this. <laughs> are they going to have any, like, like, is this, is this their original content they're going to have? By the way, folks, we're talking about, there's going to be a Frasier, uh, reboot extension what is it called bonus series what are they what yeah, called? it's well basically there's not a ton of information about it they haven't said how many episodes it will be they haven't said anything other than that kelsey Grammer is on board to they have kelsey Grammer, they have a showrunner they have a few head writers on board to create to, to pick mm-hmm. up basically kind of it's unclear if it's where fraser left off or if it's where fraser would be now but i've read like three or four articles about this and one of them said we look forward to seeing how Fra- how Frasier looks for love in a new city. So I don't know if that means – I mean, it sounds like it's not going to be set in Seattle, but so many of these early – I'm already not liking that. Oh, I'm already very skeptical of this. Um, so Kelsey Grammer's apparently said in the past that he would not do a reboot unless David Hype Pierce and Jane Leaves and Perry Gilpin came back. Because um, as we know, John Mahoney passed away in, I think, 2018 or 2019. There is no word yet as to if they are signed on to um, – they've not been confirmed as being signed on to participate in this. Um, so that – I mean, we kind of – that's as much as we know, is that there's been some talk of it potentially being in a new city. But I feel like these early details that you get are often not what ends up being – what actually ends up happening. So – and I think like you and I talked about, we wanted to see one where like Frederick moves back into a, with him and it's, mm-hmm. or it's, or he moves in with Frederick or something like that. Yeah. There's a lot of talk on Twitter about um, a Lilith reboot. Like let's just have a show about Lilith. And th- somebody was like, I'd love to see Lilith raising Frederick in Boston. And somebody else was like, what if Lilith moves to like Southern California and tries to become a psychiatrist to all of these like tech bros and 
mm. hippies and stuff and like brings her very acerbic, you know. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like it's, I think some of it is I haven't finished the series, so I don't know like where they leave mm-hmm. us. Uh, remember, so I don't know neither do I. <laughs> yeah, fair. So that that might be part of it. I, I don't know. Like to me, it just feels like I kind of like the idea of just doing a season catching up with these characters and not even like shaking it up too much. I don't know. And I like I wonder what the reticence is around that because I'm thinking of the reboots that have happened and like that's kind of what Will and Grace did when Will and Grace yeah. when Will and Grace came back. It was just like they actually undid some of the things that they had done. And we're just like, okay, this is just like, what if things never changed? And it just happened I, to be like 10 years later. And I don't know if maybe they're looking at it like the the Rose, the Roseanne continuation where that was, I mean, it is, it's a whole new thing now, but that was because Roseanne's gone. Mm-hmm. But like, like if that, if they want it to be like that, where it's a big, long continuation, I don't know. We don't have a whole lot of information yet. Uh, uh, but as soon as we do, Craniacs, we will be coming to you with our <laughs> opinions on it. Yes. Also, I'm not naming names or anything, but I'm really disappointed I had to find out about this on Twitter and that no one in my life tried to, like, notify me of this. So, Are you talking about me? No, no, I'm talking about writ large, like Craniacs and... Well- because friends and family who are listening, <laughs> I did send you a Gmail thing with it, which like, I saw this morning. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. It was like, you logged off after I sent yes, it to you. Yes. Ma- yeah. make, make note, Gchat is never the way to get information to me in a timely manner because I'm only on Gchat when I'm working. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, I wasn't alerting you to you need to get to the hospital now. I was letting no, you know no, that there I was know. a reboot. <laughs> <laughs> Right, but I'm saying I didn't see that till like 8.30 this morning. Right, and by right, then yeah. I'd already texted you, I'd already tweeted about it, like, you know. It's it's weird because uh, a lot of people were sending it to me, all of which I'm pretty sure don't listen to this show, which kind of really ticked me off. But I was like, like, no one sent it to me. I had to, I found out about it by reading a tweet about a show about Lilith. And then I mm. followed that, that thread and was like, what? <laughs> I also like... If part of that is like how many people are actually clamoring for this thing, so yeah, I, I just let, let me just say I have um, I have low expectations, but I would still like to see what they do with it. Mm-hmm. It's it kind of reminds me of how I feel about um, the Arrested Development reboot, which I tried to watch and couldn't get into, um, but it does not sully my thoughts of OG Arrested Development. Mm-hmm. Like I still, you know, I, I can't say I rewatch OG Arrest Development, but I do enjoy referencing it. So, yeah. I don't think I've seen the new one, but I mean, it um, came out in twenty. To... It came out in twenty thirteen, so you could have seen it and not remember because it was a long time ago. I also think like I heard everybody talking about it, and I was just like, yeah, I'm I'm fine. Part of the problem I'm is where we left off. The original way that they aired it was a very it was very confusing because. They never had all the actors together. And then they actually went back and re-edited them to make it all make sense. And if you start to watch the re-edited version, you're like, oh, this makes a lot more sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. But then it's like, well, maybe you didn't make a very good show if you had to re-edit the entire thing. So Yeah, I, I would say that's probably true. Um, are we ready to go on to the next episode? Do we have an email in the mail pattern ball in this bag? We do not. Okay, well... You know, Craniacs, where are you? Where's where where's the we've asked Uncle a lot Gary. of questions. <laughs> yeah, Uncle Gary, I mean 
Yeah. To, to the point where I'm like, I'm worried about Uncle Gary. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as I said, I saw him recently. So it yeah. is, you know, he is doing well. But um, yeah. So, okay. Uh, the next episode we're looking at t- today is called Big Crane on Campus. Uh, at Cafe Nervosa, Fraser runs into his unrequited. Is, am I saying that right? Unrequited? No, uh, unrequited. Okay. At Cafe Nervosa, Fraser runs into his unrequited high school crush and former prom queen, Lorna Lindley. The courtship gives Fraser a chance to live up to the high school glory days that he never had. Um, this this falls under the same category where I I kind of liked it. Like I'm kind of uh, giving away my rating of it later, but like I will tell you, I really like Gene Smart. Uh, oh, <laughs> I like this character. All <coughs> National oh, treasure, oh, Gene Smart. Oh. What do I know? I know her from, uh, she was in the Watchmen show recently. She was like, in Watchmen recently. Big... So I knew her first from Designing Women. She was a regular on Designing Women. If anybody watched yeah, okay. that show, which if you didn't, I don't know where it's streaming. I'm sure it is. It's, I, I, I remember it very fondly. Um, it's streaming on Paramount Plus. No. Oh, Lord. <laughs> um, that's where I think she really got her start. Um, she's been in a ton of things. She's um, in Homeward Bound. She plays the woman who finds Sassy and yes, takes care of Sassy. Has to be how I know her because I watched the hell out of that show, that that, that, that movie. I like it was probably like the first time I remember like really crying in the theater. When, Fair? when, when, he, when you think Shadow's not back and then he is back. And oh. He's like, oh my boy. Oh my I'm gosh. like waterfall, waterfall. And she has like a small role in Sweet Home Alabama. She has a small role in Bringing Down the House. Um, she does a lot of. She, she's a good like that. She's she's a that guy where you see her and she's never super prominent in anything. But um, like she's done a lot of voice work. She's in Twenty Four. She plays the wife of one of the presidents. I think wasn't there a President That's, Logan in Twenty Four? Yeah, she's Martha Logan. Yeah. I've seen her most recently, and I think some people, if, if, if you haven't seen Watchmen, I very much recommend checking it out, but she was in Watchmen. Oh, she was also in Legion. She's done a lot of, like, genre stuff recently. That's crazy. Also, if you try to watch Watchmen and you don't get into it, don't worry. I couldn't either. <laughs> I, I Nothing but love for Regina King and for, you know, lots of people that are involved. I didn't even get to a Gene Smart episode. I think she is in the next episode because it's still on my, like, next thing to watch on HBO Max. And it's just, like, a picture of her. Mm. Um, Everyone kept saying you didn't need to read the comic to get it. And then, like, Tara had 8 million questions. And I was like, I, I well, don't know how you could watch it without. I, I do think you warned me that I would not enjoy it nearly as much if I did not read the comics. So, I mean, I got to say when like the slugs or shrimp or something fell out of the sky, I was like, okay, what's happening? They get back to that, but it's, it is like, if you, it, it, the thing is, is that stuff, they handle it so well because it's the world that this comic has created. Mm-hmm. But like, if you don't know that it's, it's, like, I'm coming at it from, oh, yeah, squids fall from the sky. That makes sense because this, squids, this, and this yes. happened in the comic. But, like, if you don't see that, you, you can't get past the what to get yes. to the, like, why it's interesting that it's happening. Yes. And they, everybody kept saying, oh, I didn't have a, like, I never had anybody tell me you didn't have to read the comic to understand the show who hadn't read the comic. Yes. Yes. And I was just like, I was like, I, I told Tara, I'm like, I'm going to try not to tell you everything because I don't know what's going to be a revelation 
when they finally get to explaining what happened to the comic and they just didn't on a lot of things. And she was like, I'm glad you're here. Cause she really liked it. But I was also like, pause shrimp are falling or squids. Squids are falling from the sky because this, this, and this, like there was a big thing, blah, blah, blah. So yeah, I, I'm just over here. Like what? And, and that's, that's a big step to get over. And the dude living in the weird other. Yes. Like, Jeremy Irons living in the yes yes like that was the thing is I was like you have not you haven't breadcrumbed me here enough to pique my interest to keep me going when there is so much other tv to watch so are you watching I know you were kind of doing a marvel rewatch or a catch-up or whatever are are you doing any of the WandaVision stuff no I had to stop with marvel I just stopped caring (laughs) I just stopped wanting to watch the the movies i have and my next one is guardians of the galaxy volume two and i'm like oh i don't care i really dislike all of the <laughs> avengers movies this is um, fine i liked iron man one and maybe iron man three they're all a little fuzzy oh yeah iron man three was okay i mean the thing is, is i've seen black panther so i've seen like you know that one completely out of order um because i saw it when it was nominated for best picture i'm like i loved black panther i also went into it with you you don't need to know anything else when you watch black panther and i think they do such a good job of world building um and i would be down for watching thor ragnarok because i've heard wonderful things about it um it's it's fun because it, it 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 does a really good job of if you don't know things like they do a lot of uh of a lot of the style is based on a very specific uh, comic artist who's like the father of Marvel in a lot of ways. And so for me, as someone who's a fan of Jack Kirby, to look in and see, oh my God, they're doing this, they're doing this, they're doing this. But it has zero I- implications on the plot, right? Yeah. So that stuff's interesting to me. And then the plot is also like, he does a really good job of, I, I actually, my one problem with Thor Ragnarok is the first time I saw it, I thought it was a little too jokey because, and I, I, I don't, it's not like I'm like, well, Thor's very serious. It's because <laughs> there would be these scenes that I think if they just let them play, it would, they didn't, like, the joke at the end felt like, oh, this is weird, right? Huh, here's a stupid joke. And I'm like, this scene was, a, had a, I would have more, more, a little more emotional impact if you hadn't put that joke in. And it was just a few spots. There were other spots mm-hmm. I was like, this humor is, is wonderful. Um, well, it, it's, Taika, it's... it's Taika Waititi who directed yeah, yeah, yeah. it, right? Yeah, which I, it's funny. I have another one of his movies, um, Hunt for the Wilderbeast, I think, is on my Netflix list. I haven't seen that one. List. Either, I haven't yeah, seen yeah. it either, but like, given how much I love Jojo Rabbit, I'm like, Taika Waititi, and, he, and, and so many people, like people who were like, my boyfriend was really into Marvel, and I just happened to watch this movie knowing nothing, and I rolled my eyes, and then I loved it. Like, so many people yeah. have just had so many good things to say about the Thor Ragnarok that I'm like, yeah, we'll, we'll do that one, but... Yes. No, I have not gotten into WandaVision. I've heard a similar thing, though, that for the first few episodes, you're kind of like, what is happening? And then but it gets if, if yeah. you're not familiar with the with the like source well, material and stuff. Even if you are familiar, the problem is the first three, the whole bit gimmick is like they seem to be stuck in in old sitcoms. But like the first two episodes are old sitcoms. And it's clever, and I'm like, oh, wow, I'm glad they did that. But I didn't need three episodes of it before we explained anything. Mm-hmm. So it was it was just like, I, the, my, my review of the first three episodes of uh, WandaVision is it could have been one episode. And everything after that, like, they needed to have that set up for everything that came after it, but they didn't need 
three episodes of it that came out weeks apart. So I'm like, what is this? Like, I feel like so many people must have dropped off and then got back. And I think if they would have dropped the first four episodes at once, I think people would have been like, all right, here we are. I don't think it would have changed the, the fervor for the show. I, I agree that a lot of people have dropped off after the first few episodes because I listen to a few podcasts. I have two or three hosts, and they've been talking about um, monoculture recently. And, like, when was the last time, you know, now there's so many – TV shows, podcasts, movies, books, everything that there's not, there's not something like Harry Potter that everybody is reading and into. There's not something like Game, Game of Thrones is really the last monoculture we all yeah, had where yeah, it yeah. felt like everybody watched Game of Thrones. Um, and they were saying that they feel like WandaVision is like as close as we get to it right now. But one of the hosts was like, I mean, yeah, in that I watched like two episodes, but I couldn't get back into it. And, th- and they were saying that that's like, seems to be the thing is that a lot of people have just watched the first few episodes and everyone's like, you have to get back into it. I, I think if, if, I mean, yeah, I think if they would have released the first four at once, I think more people would have barreled through it to get to it. But it was like, I don't want to wait a week. And, yeah, there's so much other stuff to do. And I totally agree with that. I don't think even at this point it is monoculture. I think it's doing some really cool things. And I think if you're a Marvel fan, if you can get past that hump of the first few episodes, like there's so much reward there. But at the same time, I'm not like – my parents don't know what's going on in, in WandaVision. Right. Mm -hmm. Like the closest thing to like a a, a pop culture bump like that, which I wouldn't even call monoculture because I don't think everything everyone's watching the Mandalorian, but everybody knows who baby Yoda is. Mm -hmm. Right. Like Mm -hmm. that's the closest like big thing we've had in a long time. But yeah, WandaVision is is not it. Could it be? I I, I don't know. I think there I think there's some really cool stuff. And something happened in the last episode that I have thought of literally every day since and i'm so glad we'll finally get to get some res- resolution to it tomorrow but anyway me too although i've heard that it has katherine hahn in it who i have admired for a very what well there's yes she's in it and she's great well she, she's fabulous and everything but i feel like she's really having a moment right now like i feel like there's a lot of you know talk about her at least on twitter i should say there's a lot of like katherine hahn is amazing i need a katherine hahn and judy greer like buddy comedy and stuff like so i just i've been a big fan of hers ever since she was in crossing jordan and just love to see it so how did did we get here gene smart and watchmen that's what it was i'm like how did we get to this so yeah so let's let's take let's take it on back to the uh the og the origin story here which is uh frazier runs into the basically the prom queen at from Mm -hmm. high school at cafe nervosa and they they have some like little flirtation and he asks her to come over to appraise his apartment because he does not have the courage to ask her out on a date Mm -hmm. uh they end up like things go very well for him uh and then she ends up being kind of a handful uh-huh. As he put it, like, he went to bed with the prom queen and woke up with Carrie, which got one of the longest studio audience yeah, laughters right? I've heard on that show in a long time. Right. I was thinking the same thing. Like that was, I don't know why in the year 2000, Carrie was on the forefront of everyone's mind. I mean, I feel like even now that's still a relevant joke. Everyone knows <laughs> knows that joke. It is. and But I don't think it'd be like, ah, he mentioned Carrie, <laughs> which was kind of what the audience did. Fair fair like carrie was like a 1970s book and movie by the way if you you are a stephen king fan and haven't read carrie you should check it out because it's disgusting how good he is in his first attempt it's really good 
Also, you have to think about the people who were in their formative years when Carrie came out are the people who were in the studio audience uh, right, of right, Frasier. Right, right. Good point. So they probably grew uh, up with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Jean Smart looking very smart, if I might say. <laughs> looked fantastic. Like, right? I was just like, Jean Smart, this wardrobe is amazing. Again, it's a very appropriate wardrobe. Like, it's sexy without being too showy and, right, like, right. flashy. I was like, this is all 100% what a divorced woman of her age, who's also, like, a realtor and stuff, would wear. This is all mm -hmm. very believable and very appropriate. Um, I just, I wrote a note uh, on here that was like, Frazier, maybe you should just ride this train out. Like, I was like, like, I hate, I, I, and I get they kind of address that in the episode where he's, like, immediately, like, I don't want to be with her. And if I don't see a future with someone, I don't, like... Mm -hmm. Keep I don't want to lead them on. It. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, well, I feel like in this episode, they made it a little more valiant or chivalrous than I think typically. I don't like if Fraser just like, uh, like to me, it's like Fraser's like, like he gets ticks in his brain. And if he sees a flaw in something and he doesn't see a future, he's like, I don't see it so much as I don't see a future. So I don't want to lead you on to me. It's, oh, she's going to annoy the hell out of me for the next few months. I got to get out of this. I, okay, I disagree. I think he okay. is a little bit like, I must be the bigger person. And because I think he thinks she will fall in love with me if I do not. <laughs> fair, fair. If I do uh, not, you know, burst her bubble and let her know I'm not interested. <laughs> I do like how he handles it when he tell like he says, I don't want to walk in there with you on my arm mm -hmm. just for that reason. Like, and she was being very sweet to him, but then I like, I liked her response of like, uh -huh. We're going to go in there. We're going to make out like freshmen, freshmen. and you're going to leave with your hand on my ass. Yes. <laughs> I, I I like that because I was like, this is a strong woman who's like, yeah, okay. You've said how you feel. And I'm going to say what I want to get out of this evening. And yes. we're both going to leave victorious. I but, So uh, looking her up, I was – she sticks around for a little while, it looks like. Um, She – does not come back for a bit, but she does oh, come okay, back. Okay. Yeah. So she, I don't think she's like in the next episode. She's got a few more episodes, but yeah. Yeah. I, um, I, I look forward to seeing her. I forgot that my, my mom and I used to quote the, put your brother on, put your brother on, put your brother on. <laughs> and then well, no, you cannot have a party. <laughs> can you imagine like, oh, the times when you could smoke on television? Yes. Well, you could still smoke on TV now, but it'd have to have some like it'd either have to be a super gritty show like The Shield, yeah, well, no, or it would have to it would have to be accompanied by everyone else being in horror that you were smoking. I don't think you can even do that. I know Disney, you can't smoke in Disney stuff. Period. And Disney oh, owns ABC. Yeah, there's like a big no smoking thing for Disney. Huh. Um. Uh. Well, it's because you know the whole thing with there's a lot of pictures of Walt Disney like this. Um, no, I mean, if they just digitally removed the cigarette. Yes, they've just digitally okay. removed his cigarette. So it just looks like he's just like doing finger guns or something. <laughs> but then they made a, a, you know, those pop Funko things with mm -hmm. the big heads. They mm -hmm. made one of Walt Disney and his hands like this with no <laughs> cigarette in it, which was, was, I thought that was awesome. Well, but you know, in, just... in Saving Mr. Banks, they, the people that made the movie wanted to show Tom Hanks smoking as Walt Disney because like he died of lung cancer and was like yeah. a prolific smoker. And Disney was like, absolutely like, would not yeah. let that happen. And so they were able to have the scene where he's just putting out a cigarette. That's even pretty, like I said, pretty, pretty impressive. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, there's a, there's a big difference between Walt Disney, the man and Walt Disney, the, the, the character. Yes. Almost. 
uh, need to watch uh, Saving Mr. Banks because I feel like there, uh, there's a lot going on in there. Oh, have yeah. you not seen it? Mm-mm. Oh, it's it's. I mean, it's it's more about um, the author of Mary Poppins than it is about yeah than it is about Walt Disney. Well, but yeah, the other thing is it's apparently the movie. There's a lot of in it because like they're like Walt Disney was trying to make her love Mary Poppins and in the end she did and it's like that's not true and <laughs> like she ended up hating it and the like at the like uh premiere she was very she was just like well he didn't take he kept in he didn't listen to any of my blah 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 and they like were interviewing her and they're like really and then they like scooted her away because she was just like blurting out everything she was thinking of like well, this is not exactly the Mary Poppins I would envision, but of course he bought it with his money and blah, blah, blah. And they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, bless those times when they would let people who weren't media trained go in front of reporters. Um, <laughs> Gene Smart was really the only thing I... Oh, there was something else I wanted to talk about in this episode. Uh, was it the um, stove with six burners and a griddle? No, but that was funny. <laughs> I, I really enjoyed that one. Like, no, Dad, it's I know it's a stove with six burners and a griddle. <laughs> Can't you ever talk about sports? Uh, this one kind of moves moves the dial just a little bit on the on on dials. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, I, in a, in a way that I was like, it's funny because if I feel like if this had happened to Niles last season, he would be he would have fainted. A hundred. I was about to say he would have fainted. He would have one hundred percent fainted. This is strange, and it's like, what has happened? And Daphne's one is like, everything's fine, and like ran out of the room. Yes, I so it's funny. Right before, because I didn't remember what what happened in that scene when it started, and I actually wrote down Daphne and Niles are so cute in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. It just all seemed very natural. They just seemed to work really well in there. I was just like, this is really, this is really cute. And then, and, you know, he burned his hand, and I was like, oh right, this this. Yes. <laughs> I, I think the cuteness was really good because it wasn't like romantic or flirty, but Mm-mm. it was just seeing them as a good working couple, mm-hmm. which I think we need if we're going to get them together because for a long time, that relationship was just best based on like pining over one of them. You know, we haven't yeah, seen yeah, them you, work as like a good match. You so rarely get them together, especially when it's not in such a, like you said, like a romantic theme like him taking her as his mm-hmm. date to the to that dance or her helping him like cook the dinner for Depp Phyllis and you know things like that where there's some sort of like he's actively hiding how he feels about her um, right, right. I did enjoy though when Niles talks to Fraser about it nervosa and he's like do you think it's possible Daphne has feelings for me and Fraser's like no no <laughs> no <laughs> just yeah no he says something after that, like I'm glad you really <laughs> looked at all the angles yeah. Well, I think Frazier does make a really good point. He's like, look, like you're seeing what you want to see. You're about to get, you're getting more serious with Mel. This is just your but fear of commitment coming up. Yeah, but it's interesting because he's wrong. Oh, I know. Any any other LOLs for this one? Uh, I, I This isn't an LOL. Okay, actually, yes. Um, well, now I don't remember what it was in reference to, but when Niall says he was restocking the pills in her bedside Lazy Susan for Maris. Yes. I don't remember what it was in relation to. I just I have like a lazy Susan. It in was my... he couldn't cook with Maris. She never let him cook for her because of her diet. The closest he ever got was restocking the pills in restocking her lazy her, Susan. the pill bottle. Yes. That's a good memory. So I have like a lazy Susan in my kitchen. I also have well, I used to have one that in my bathroom for like all of my like cosmetics and stuff. And I was just love I just love the thought of like Maris having a bedside lazy Susan with all these pills. For some reason that just really tickled me. Um 
I also wrote down, I thought it was very funny that when Daphne was running out of the kitchen, she grabbed the egg timer and said, look at the yes. time. Because <laughs> yes, I, I was like, that's a very small detail, but you have to like notice that that's an egg timer. Um, we, we did leave out one very minor B-plot, which is Roz being at a book club mm. and not reading the books and asking Frasier for help. I did like when she threw the book at the date leaving at the end because it was so like, it looked like she was like trying not to hit him. Either she was trying not to hit him or that book was legitimately heavy. Well, I was also like, Roz, you're in the wrong book club because nobody wants to be in a book club where you read classics like Wuthering Heights. So yeah. Um, or the great Gatsby. Um, I was going to have a whole thing about like, have you ever been in a book club and then talk about book clubs I've been in, but I don't really have any good stories from book clubs. Neither I mean, I. they, they all, end up like falling apart after like three meetings so uh we've got a facebook book club that's just like during the quarantine book club where we just go i read this does anybody else read it great all right bye like that's it it's not neat not neat i don't i don't ever i always read at a weird pace so the idea of being in a book club feels like english homework to me i mean i think a book club that meets once a month is fine because in a month you can like finish the book and stuff but boy it, it depends on the book because like i said i burned through those books during during uh snowvid but like i you know if, if i get on one that i'm having a hard time with it, it it it's like i can get a book done in a weekend or i can get a book done in two months like there's yeah. no in between for me well as i posted to instagram last year it took me four years to finally finish Dead Wake, the book about the sinking of the Lusitania. Like, I started the book four times. I bought really? it in 2016. <laughs> oh, the, by the guy who did Devil in the White City? Yes, yes, yeah, okay. Eric Larson. And I have his most recent book, which I've now owned for almost a year and not read. So This is this is off topic, but every time someone, someone says Eric Larson about that guy, I think of the guy who did the Far Side comics, and that's not the same Larson. That's Gary Larson. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, what if we use the same guy? Uh, that, so you he, this one? He'd be very talented. Um, yes, I think I will give this one um, six egg timers. Uh, I think I'd give it the same six nuts for the winner, which was a reference, which was something that Roz said about you need you need to collect you need to get oh. as many dates in now as you can. You know, nuts for That's the winner. That's right. That's right. I also, like, it's funny. I tried to put myself in Fraser's shoes and think about who, like, the big man on campus was when I was in high school. And, like, if I would want to go on a date with that person now. And the answer is just, like, A, I'd have trouble actually narrowing down who that person might be. But, B, no. Uh, I dated the prom queen. Uh, so, um, oh, if well... you guys are... <laughs> Maybe we're talking to the big man on campus for uh, no, no, you are not. Plano <laughs> talking East to the guy who class dated the two thousand. I see. I don't remember who our prom oh, queen was. Homecoming queen. She was homecoming queen. We didn't have prom queen and king and queen. Uh, see, I would say I would say homecoming queen is actually a bigger deal. Don't remember who, who the homecoming queen was either. So clearly, they were good friends of mine. <laughs> I'd say homecoming um, queen because doesn't the whole school vote on homecoming queen? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's a bigger deal. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, congratulations. We feels weird to be like, congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I did a lot of work to like, hey, have you voted? You should go vote for, <laughs> like, like I did. I helped campaign quite a bit, so I mm. felt a little bit of, you know, that. But also, uh, that was the the girlfriend we talked about last time who, 
has dated three people and I'm the only one she didn't marry. Ah, uh, yes. Yes. So. Well, she was homecoming queen. She, you know, clearly probably had her pick. So Exactly. <laughs> she picked me, huh? Anyway, so uh, if you guys have any thoughts about this uh, Frasier reboot, if you want to talk about WandaVision, I don't know, whatever you want to talk about. Give you, us you, a... you wanna, but if you want to talk about dating the homecoming or prom queen, or if you would go <laughs> on a date with them now. If you want to uh, uh, email us to go, I think Ryan is lying. Uh, you can get to us at craniacs at gmail.com. That's C-R-A-N-E-I-A-C-S. We're at Craniacs on Twitter. Craniacs, a Frasier podcast on Facebook. And we are available on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Google Podcasts, everything. Everything we're available. Mm -hmm. Uh, Give us a five-star review. Give us the highest review you can. It really helps us out. If you want to give us a four-star Laurel review, don't. Laurel has a better plan for you. Yes. Um, I feel like I'm coming at y'all a lot with podcast recommendations right now, but... Stop. Stop. (laughs) being our competition (laughs) um i just started listening to a podcast is not new at all but um i think it came out 2017 or 2018 but it's still making new episodes and it's called you're wrong about or you were wrong about um actually let me just like confirm what the actual title is um just talk amongst yourselves it is called you're wrong about and so what it does is it takes Things that are either like just considered fact or things that people think that they know all all the information of and then does a deep dive into that topic and kind of says, well, here's what here was the real story. So some examples, the origins of after school specials, um, Mm. the Exxon Valdez spill, the Jonestown massacre. um, I need to do that because that was another one after watching all that cult stuff. Yeah, the Joestar Massacre episode is really fascinating. They they have two one episode on Monica Lewinsky, one episode on the Clinton impeachment. Um, they, I'm trying to think of other episodes. I've listened to several episodes. Oh, one about Shannon Falconer, one trying to get into the Citadel. Like they just have they you you will find something in their feed that you are interested in, um, and it's really interesting haha, to think about how either you like things you remember happening, how you misremember them, and also how honestly it makes you take take a really hard look at the media and how they spin things and they spin things so that people want to tune in and Mm. that is it and how you know the result of like the way that the media covers things you know really impacts the people who's involved lives so anyway it's called you're wrong about that was another real you're nope 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 i don't know if we saw the monica Lewinsky one why do i feel like i saw monica Lewinsky recently well she lives in austin so does she no, really? I'm no. Oh. Well, I mean, there's this is we got random celebrities who live. Around we we here. do, we do, um, yeah, we do. But anyway, um, well, cool guy. I hate when I like I'm listening back to these podcasts. I'm always like, I don't know what my 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 go to segue is. Well, cool guys. Yeah. Or <laughs> check that out. <laughs> and, and, and I'll be honest, like I'm not trying to sound. I'm not trying. Like I'm not like. Oh, cool, Laurel. Like, I'm not, I feel like I sound more like cool, like, oh, anyway, I, but like, I, I I'm don't not take it trying that to way. feel that way. Okay, good. Because I like worry that it sounds like you're like, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, I have to get us out of this podcast. Like, that's like what's going through my mind. And the answer is to go, well, cool, guys. Well, cool, if you guys. like all of that, <laughs> send us an email, let us know. But until then, uh, I'm Ryan. <laughs> no, that was it. I'm Ryan. Oh, you're actually closing out the podcast? Yep, I'm you trying to close out the podcast. <laughs> you don't want me to edit all of that out? <laughs> nope, keep it in. I'm Ryan. <laughs>
I'm Laurel, and if you're listening to this, it means we had no other ending for me to, to add in. And we're listening. Yes, indeed. How's it go? Thank God. If you like... feel blue, how's it go? Let's start this over. Well, cool, guys. <laughs> you could um, say, like, hey, thanks for that recommendation, Laurel. Podcast, you were wrong. That even, for some reason, sounds more patronizing. Me. Hey, thanks for that recommendation, Laurel. <laughs> Well, check that out, guys. And uh, until next time, I'm Ryan. Stop patronizing me. I'm Laurel. (laughs) And we're listening. Bye, y'all.